Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Just getting in right to it, Charlie, midweek podcast. He's Charlie Bornoff. I'm Will Connerly. We're excited. This is our 10th episode, and we're glad everyone's been following us this past weekend. Had a lot of love last week with Ty Cummings uh, joining the show. And, Charlie, I think this is a lure for players to join the show. Ty Cummings joins the show one week the next week. Um, he gets his first career start, goes five innings, and shoves. So, um, you know, players out there, come on and join the midweek podcast. The wagon has started, and it's going pretty strong. Yeah, well, that's a great sales pitch. I'd agree. I think legend has it. I believe if you come on the midweek podcast, your bad average jumps about 15 to 20 points and your ERA drops about 15 to 20 points as well. So, I mean, good things yeah. happen when you talk to us. Yeah, that legend had it. And uh, there's some legends in the making, of course. Um, people who have come on the show who are now continuing to pursue their career. And we're really grateful, honestly. Yeah. For Ty and for Adam and, and for Aria and for I uh, guess today we have James coming up a little bit later hey, talking about LSU and Tyler. Head. All the guests have been so great. So Absolutely. appreciate the guests and guys listening who, who are faithful followers of the show. If you think of a guest that you want us to have, let us know and we'll reach out to them and see if we can make something work because we really do appreciate the uh, the following that we have um, each and every week, every midweek, which comes on Wednesdays. And it, it really is an awesome thing. And speaking of that, for those that do follow the show, you know that we have a format and it starts with winners. Then we go to losers, a weekend rotation, series picks. And then ultimately um, we finish up by saying a, a, a good evening and adios. So winners and losers, Charlie, we're going to start with that. And we're going to start with you. Who do you got up first for winners here? Now we're through two months of weekends of D1 baseball. Who do you got? Yeah, my first winner of the week is going to be Louisville, because I mean, I think they're definitely one of the biggest winners this week in general, given like the fact that they beat not only beat Boston College, but um, I believe they swept them, right? Yes, they did. Yeah. It was a map that, that, and it was interesting because we picked that last week, right? Yeah, we and, did. And we, we were like, oh, Louisville is probably not going to drop three series in a row, and no. they did not. <laughs> and the fact, too, that like Boston College, no disrespect to them, they are a good team, but we did mention how they were, I believe, the worst hitting team in terms of batting average in the ACC, and Louisville's arms have been good this year, and they also have good bats. I do think Louisville has more talent than Boston College. Than, I think BC got off to a great start and has had many good wins. That's not to take away from them, but Louisville is really good, and I mean, in a really powerful conference like the ACC, I mean, the Cardinals are just another team people have to worry about. Yeah, the pitching was really good for Louisville in that series. Um but they won in a variety of ways. Six four, um, the first game, game one of the series, and then they won nine eight, and then four to two. So I'm with you. That's a huge yeah. series win for Louisville. You're 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 in Louisville, Kentucky, hosting the seventh ranked team in the country. I don't care if it's Boston College, if it's North Carolina, if it's LSU. If you're number seven in the country and you sweep them, that's a great winner, yeah. Charlie. And I love that they're your first winner because and they oh sorry and they also now Louisville is now ranked tenth in the nation, one spot ahead of Boston College. So they jumped eight spots in the polls from a week ago. Yeah, and that's huge. And I think I still Absolutely. think Boston College like they held their own. Yeah, they're a good squad, and that was a competitive series. Like. The games were decided by two runs, one run, and two runs. So yeah, it was like oh ten oh ten oh ten oh. Right, we very well could be sitting here saying, "Man, we eh, really dropped the well, ball." Well, we could have been sitting here saying Boston College got the sweep, a yeah. few swings in each game, like all two or less runs. So that's the interesting part about it. But Louisville's pitching was pretty good. 
um, overall in this series. And I think that that's kind of the strength of this team. They've got guys who can shove front end guys with the rotation and Boston College is a team that's going to hit for a ton of batting average, but they, they find ways to play well. They're competitive and they're going to continue to be competitive. So Absolutely. I love that pick by you, Charlie. My first winner is East Carolina. They're back at the top 10. They had a midweek win over NC State, swept UCF over the weekend. I just feel like that's huge for a team that's – it feels like they have up and downs a lot, Charlie, but I also feel like it, they have up and downs in terms of expectations of people. They don't really have too many downs for this program. They're 24-8, and eight, and they're 20-2 yeah. and two at home. But to me, it feels like sometimes they have ups and downs. I don't know if you feel like that just because – when we talk about Greenville, we're talking about a lot of success and, you know, even throughout this season, 24 and eight. Yeah. That's not too many downs. Yeah. You, you go through some of the things they've done this year. They lost a couple of midweeks early to Campbell and Duke. And we started to try to make a case for what this program would look like. And I still think it's fair. Yeah. They don't have the entire offensive power that they maybe had a season ago, but still some big bats that, can do some good things. And I think this team is a team that will compete um, in a super regional, but overall uh, I think it's huge within the landscape of their conference to dominate a UCF team over the weekend. Plus picking up that NC state win that really helps their confidence moving down the stretch, especially because today, and I know we'll know the result as we're listening to this. Now they play old dominion. So you want runs, you'll see them in that game. Um, that should be fun here as we're recording right now. That game's about to start, but yeah, that that's uh, my first winner is East Carolina. The Pirates did a good number on your UCF squad, Charlie. Yeah, they did. Unfortunately, um, tough look. UCF's been sputtering lately, but that shouldn't take away from the fact that they are still a very talented squad. So it's still a really good win, series win, and sweep for um, ECU. Also, beating NC State's also another very good team to take a win from. And to answer your question with the up and down, I think maybe up and downs feel bigger. Air quotes bigger. With ECU, considering they're always so highly ranked, but they play in a weaker conference than compared to like it's one thing if it's not the this is not the best comparison per se, but it's one thing if like South Carolina loses to Mizzou right in a weekend series versus ECU loses to like someone in the bottom of CUSA. It just there's it kind of hurts a little different because Mizzou's got that SEC acumen and probably a little more talent than some of those teams that ECU has to play and then therefore be exposed to losing like Houston like last week with Houston looks a lot yeah. worse to lose to a series to Houston than it would for a top-ranked team in the SEC to lose to Mizzou in a weekend. Right. The American, right, Charlie? Yeah, yeah sorry. Like, I said, didn't I? <laughs> well, dude, it's hard to keep up, man. Like, get, you I, talk speaking, to, like – People are switching well, all the time. Well, they are, dude. And, like, you talk to, like, people who are, like, 30 and 40, 50, like, yeah. who have been following college baseball for so long, and, and you talk to them about teams in the Big 12 now or teams in the yeah. SEC in a few years, you're like, what? Like, I'm going to be yeah. talking to people in a couple of years like, Oklahoma, what? No, yeah. Oklahoma so like, SEC, yeah. Yeah, so it just continues to evolve and change. But you make a great point. Yeah, they just dropped a series to Houston, and that kind of added at least a little bit of a fuel to the fire in terms of East Carolina. You make it such a good point because yeah. you, you have no margin for air to drop. Like let's look at East Carolina's next few series. We don't have to run the gamut, but Cincinnati and Wichita state, I guarantee if they lose a series, to either of those, they're going to see a significant drop. Yeah, they're not gonna, look. Now they, they have gained enough respect that they're not going to probably drop out if they string together multiple series loss. Yes. But yeah, that's the thing. They don't have the margin for air to, be a team to lose a series uh, like and stay in the top 10 because you're probably not playing that level of competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of competition, level of competition, 
Uh, Georgia Bulldogs are my second winner, Will. All they did this weekend was they took a huge series win over number 10 at the time, Kentucky. That gives them now their their um their first conference win or series win of the year. It has been a great year for Georgia, only 18 and 14 overall on the season. But, I mean, they've got talent. It's simply the fact that, you know, it's the SEC, so it's tough. But, I mean, they it's, it's a good thing they got that win now because their next two series are against Florida and Arkansas. So, those are two tough ones that maybe they can steal one of those series. But I, I have a hard time seeing that personally. Huge series though for Georgia. I'm, I'm right there with you. When you're sitting, when you when you look at what you just did, you know if you're a supporter of the dogs in any way. Okay, 18 and 14, as you mentioned, three and nine in SEC play. Yeah, it's tough, and that's tough. But still, three and nine teams in SEC action, like Georgia, still have that at least somewhat of a resume of what they just recently did, right? You talk about them being a winner for this past weekend, but you're sitting at three and nine, which is tough because of the fact that (laughs) you got to go play Florida and then Arkansas. And that is, you know, your next six games, it feels like it's only going to contribute more to the loss column for this program. We, We should see, but you're definitely right in that evaluation the pitching for Georgia in game two and three of this series Woods was, was good. Really unbelievable. Three nothing they win in game two, six two they win in game three. And yeah. after dropping game one, they only allowed two runs. Game two and three, Kentucky's offense kind of sputtered off after putting together a seven run performance in the first game of the series. And I, I love that pick as well. Kentucky, a team not to mention probably have one of the best resumes when you look at the wins that they had. If you look at RPI, they were the number one team in the nation headed into the weekend. I get it. That's not the end all be all, at least for the committee. Sometimes it feels like it might be at the end of the day that you got to tip your cap. Georgia did a good job and they got the series win. So I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. That's another big time pick by you. And now I want to be interested. Or do you have any two cent more two cents on that? No, go ahead, man. All right. So the sense we could continue to go now. My second winner, I'm hoping you have at least a few cents on this one. TCU taking a home series against Oklahoma State. I thought that was pretty big for TCU. Now, this is a team that I think it's fair to say has experienced up and down Charlie this year Um, in many different ways. It feels like and they've been rewarded in the past because they're the Horned Frogs. I don't know if. You know, they've been rewarded in the past because of their postseason pedigree that they're going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're TCU. But even a program like TCU, even a program like that has experienced a little bit of ups and downs this year. You know, they started the year, you know, they take a game from Vanderbilt. They take a game from Arkansas. They lose an extras to Missouri. But then they drop a series to Florida State, and you're starting to see. Then they drop a Big 12 series at Oklahoma. So... It was interesting. Then they drop a Texas Tech series. You're like, what's going on with this program? Then they play one of the better Big 12 programs, Oklahoma State, and they take the series. So I thought that was huge for TCU this past weekend. No, I agree. Definitely gets them back in the top 25. I believe they are 25th in the, yep, they're 25th in the nation right now. Um, In a conference, too, with like the Big 12, you need to capitalize when you're playing against the stronger opponents like Oklahoma State. So that was a big win. I mean, they've gone they're two and two in their last four series, including this past weekend. Um, they also dropped one. They dropped to Texas Tech and they dropped to Oklahoma. They had a one uh, series sweep over Kansas. So, I mean, you're supposed to beat Kansas. Oklahoma, TCU, I think, is more talented than Oklahoma. So that's definitely the series they want to get back. Texas Tech won. You could argue that 
that's really more personal preference who you think is the better squad talent wise and just overall you think should win that obviously tech came out on top in that one but at the same time it's uh it's one of those where it's good teach you got this especially when they have a little bit of a, not easier schedule per se, but you got UNC Williamson coming up this weekend. And then the weekend after that's West Virginia. So you have a lot of opportunity to pick up some more wins here. Yeah. Big 12 had some teams enter into the conversation, then enter out of the conversation at times this year. Yes, um, it's a, it, it's a fun conference to follow, but, and also if you want to follow somebody, check out what Anthony Silva yeah. uh, did this past weekend. If you want to follow some things, but um, like at the end of the day, it is kind of interesting when you think who's going to come out of this conference, because I I think that the Big 12 is going to have at least two teams that host every year. You use multiple Big 12 teams host, but TCU all of a sudden finds themselves seven and five in Big 12 play, which Texas is technically first in the standings at six and three. Yeah. And then it's TCU at seven and five. Then it's Oklahoma State at seven and five. And Texas Tech is down at four and five. And some could argue Tech might be one of the best teams in the Big 12, if not the best. Yeah, and for so. Sure. That is makes it kind of interesting as we move forward. So Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech, not to mention you have some more Big 12 action talking about it. So I'm going to let you go to your third winner because that also kind of correlates and parlays into what we're exactly talking about because I know who you're going to talk about. Let's hit it. Now, the Kansas Jayhawks will not be hosting any regionals this year unless something absolutely incredible happens. But we celebrate the little victories in life and what is measurable and what you can celebrate for a program that's Rebuilding, I think, is the polite way to say it, really. But Kansas comes away with a big series win after beating in-conference rival number 24 West Virginia in their series this weekend. That gives them back-to-back series wins now with their last, their previous one being over Baylor. So that's two good programs overall. It brings them back to 502. They have a chance at getting back to over 500 as well when they have they play Texas Southern. What they play them today, or we'll probably start playing right, right about when we wrap this up. They play them tomorrow as well. Then they have a series against in-state rival K-State, and then you have Air Force on the midweek. So, I mean, got a chance to really capitalize and get some more wins here and maybe get the season a little more back on track. Probably aren't going to, you know, make the tournament or anything like that, but, you know, winning record looks a lot better when you're recruiting people. Exactly, and they have a winning record not in Big 12 play. They have a winning five and four now Yep, in Big 12 play. So they're toward the top of the table in the Big 12 um, that's a big series against K-State, and I love how you talked about this not just as a team and an individual season. When we talk about the Jayhawks, we're typically thinking about what's happening at Allen Fieldhouse, and yep. I'm not going to say that we're going to that extent here. Yeah, it's not Shoot, a baseball even, even school. Football, even football the last year or two yeah, getting better. Definitely. Much better. And this is what this program's doing. To be 15 and 15 right now, for those that don't know, they were 15 games under 500 a season ago. So, yep. you know, 20 and 35 record a season ago, you're sitting at 15 and 15 and come off the heels of a ranked series win. Yeah, you'll take it. That's yeah, a pretty good absolutely. result sitting at five and four in Big 12 action. So interesting to see also what Rock Chuck can do to continue to move that program around because just think about it logistically, Charlie. They're good at football, at least getting better. They're dominant at basketball. And you wonder why or not if how they can't, I know in the Midwest, recruit to be a program that establishes themselves yeah. as a baseball program. program. Well, and, the, and the thing is, they've not this says not the two guys can make a program into, you know, a powerhouse at all. But they had they can they at least have an eye for talent and they can get some talent to campus. I mean, Maui Huna just transferred from there. Uh, this year to, to Tennessee and the year before that uh, people remember the Texas fans out there. Skylar messenger, someone who was very high on a year ago 
was in the transfer portal and went from Kansas to Texas. So they have some talent there, but I do agree. Like, I mean, there's probably the issue is Kansas as a state doesn't have a ton of people and they have to compete with some like every, if you're from Nebraska, you just go to Nebraska. You love that state. Same with Iowa and all the surrounding states of Kansas. It's kind of, it's a tough recruiting ground for them, but hopefully they can make do with what they have. Yes. And, and it's interesting because they're also, at least in terms of the competition they have to be, want to be a top team in your conference. I feel like that's the yeah. goal for most teams rebuilding. Like maybe yeah. for a goal, the goal for Texas is national title. The goal for teams like Kansas is let's be competitive within the conference, at least on a year to year basis, depending on how the team is. I would agree. You feel like if they were in the big 10, they could be more competitive. No knock on the big 10. It's just the top half isn't as good usually, you know, and Absolutely. geographically it makes sense, but you know, it wouldn't make sense in any other way. Cause they're big 12 for everything else. So yeah. I'll shut that down pretty quickly. And I was thinking of conferences that have a lot of change up, Charlie, let's move out West to the back 12. That's my West. third winner. It's Arizona state. What did they do over the weekend? Well, oh. they swept a pack 12 series against two. It was Washington state and how, well, they did a pretty good job of doing that and Washington State isn't a slouch Charlie we've talked about no, them good. on our winners list a lot this year so Arizona State Charlie you talk about a program with some history you talk about a guy named Barry Bonds that used to hit balls out of this park I mean this is a this is a program that I think you got to keep your eye on they they move into the national rankings they've won five games in a row they're 23 and 9 now pretty good and they're 10 and 2 in conference play they've won five consecutive games and they've got to be on my winner after this i mean they've been running through the conference and they sweep washington state you got to give them some credit and now i think you got to set your eyes on what's coming up this weekend they go to washington and will simpson that should be a good series for a team in the sun devils who again are 10 and 2 in conference play. That's pretty good for all the fans that love following some Pac 12 baseball. I think you got a series to watch out for this coming weekend, and you got a team to watch out for in the Pac 12. That's they've been they've been pretty good, Charlie, in every yeah. stretch. No, so yeah, I agree. Um, two guys that have really been huge for them. Will, a guy who you loved at FSU last year, Ross Dunn, transfer Arizona State District had a 309 ERA in 35 innings pitch. You know, Ross Dunn loves to strike out the world. He's got 49 strikeouts on the year, so he's been good as their ace so far this year. And then also, Ryan Campos will hitting 419 in the Pac-12 this year. I mean, if that's, if that's something you need to hang your hat on right there when you're hitting that well and helping a team like Arizona State get back to kind of like how um, they used to be. The Arizona State of old, even the Arizona State of the Spencer Torkelson era where back in 2019 when they were good. But the thing is, too, well, like, you know, especially in college sports, um, it's just sports are better. It's like the the college basketball is better when Duke and UNC are ranked high. College football is better when you know USC is a good football team. College baseball is better when Arizona State's in the top twenty five making noise. I like that. I like that take. I think that is fair. Thought you and, would. And, and no, I mean, it's good. And yeah. I think that Arizona State is a program like recently they've gone under a coaching change. And yeah. now you're getting to see, you know, a little bit of this success starting to happen now after you've seen like I think about Arizona State in the in the thing of this. They had a guy who they probably wish was still there and Hunter Haas. You know, he yeah. was at Arizona State and then he transfers to Texas A&M and all he's doing for the 12th man this year, Charlie, is hitting 383. Pretty good yeah. if you ask me. I and so, so he's been one of the better players in the country this year, 383. And you're playing in the SEC. That's pretty good. But, you know, Arizona State, like you said, 
they're a program that has some just unbelievable alumni. You know, it doesn't start. Barry Bonds. With, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't start, stop with the all-time home run king, too. They've got yeah. big leaguer after big leaguer after big leaguer. And Willie Bloomquist as the head coach, big le- Like, that's what I'm saying. So it's a good program, and that's why they're going to be my third winner. Now, Charlie, as we continue to losers – I did want to throw out an honorable mention because I felt like this was bigger than maybe it got credit for because there's so much big stuff going on this weekend. But what Cal State Fullerton did this past weekend, I big think win. should catch some eyes. They did something to the Gauchos and maybe it st- strung my heart a little bit because I have USCB. Did I do that right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it. overall, you know, I had them in my small school draft. Now, if I take myself out of it, and say, ah, that hurts. It definitely does, because I've been hurting in those standings. Please don't post them. But <laughs> Cal State Fullerton, take, uh, they might be the best team in the Big West. They could like, be. Um, best, Definitely best uniforms, without a doubt, in my opinion. <laughs> and we know, you. Well, well, that is a big loss for you with UCSB being out, getting, getting losing that series. We all know Ryan, our good friend Ryan Keller is loving that, because he did pick Cal State Fullerton in that one. Zach Lou's been good for them. I mean, Fullerton... It's similar. I'm being serious again. Like how I said, um, ASU, it's better for college baseball than ASU is good. I love it when Cal State Fullerton's good. Cal State Fullerton is truly one of the best baseball programs of all time. Absolutely. That's, that's just a fact. It's not, no, no opinion there. So, but let's take the program and the history out of it. Um, at least for now, it's hard to contextually, yeah. but they have a big win this weekend because Santa Barbara's been the best. It feels like they've been the best. They've been the but, they've been the best like the, I'd probably say the last half decade for sure like historically. Well, yeah, and I'm just talking about in the context of this season. Yes. Santa Barbara's been pretty good, but for Fullerton to take a series from them this weekend, you know, that's huge. And so, kudos to Fullerton. They're my. I don't even think it should be an honorable mention. I think that's bigger than people are giving it credit for. But yeah. overall, this, this is a nine and three in the Big West. Second, second in the Big West behind UC San Diego at ten and two. So UC San Diego ten and two, and then Fullerton right behind them. That's the Big West. Yeah, they're good, battle. man. Big West. I, I, you know me well. I love me some Big West baseball, and I feel like we're. This, I'm gonna say shame on us because looking at the standings, we've talked a lot about UCSB in the past, and then even a little bit this year too. And Fullerton, UC San Diego sitting at the top at ten and two, and then twenty one and nine overall on the on the year. So props yeah. out to UC San Diego. Yes, I chose the is. wrong San Diego in our small schools draft. I think is what I'm looking at now, but. San Diego was represented multiple times throughout the small school draft. You <laughs> picked UC twice. San Diego, and then it was Ryan took San Diego State. San Diego State. So you took San Diego. I took um the Toreros. Okay, okay, yeah. There's many things. Say. You go to San Diego, you'll find a college. You'll find Absolutely. a university. Yeah, yeah. throw a stone, you'll, you'll find, find one. <laughs> you'll find a fine institution, that's for sure. And speaking of fine institutions, we'll still continue to talk about them, but we'll talk about some of the fine institutions that maybe had a rough weekends. Who are your? Who are some losers? We're gonna start throwing out. My first one is it's not a team. It's everyone involved in the LSU South Carolina series because we got two absolutely fantastic game one and twos in this um series. But the fact that we didn't get the rubber match on on Saturday or Sunday, kind of it just ruins me. Like that was the biggest, um, that was the biggest series of the weekend for sure. Was could probably be one of the one of the biggest series on the year as a whole. Could be, could be an Omaha preview for all we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons of talent. Ethan Petrie on on Thursday sets up an absolute laser light show, putting eight RBIs on the board. And LSU has a great comeback on the Friday game, so it was electric. And then the fact that 
weather couldn't stay good. We got robbed of the to see who would come out of that series. Hurts as a fan, but also hurts because you and I don't get to see if your if your boy here get, got another five and a week on our picks. That's true. You've been doing well in your picks. I've been the, feeling good lately. The standings is pretty pretty even though it it's is a couple, close. Set, couple games separating us, but that's uh, neither here nor there. I agree with you that it's a shame. Everybody lost out on seeing the rubber match between those two, which would have been probably Noah Hall versus Christian Little, which could be a really fun matchup. It really, just overall, I mean, you thought well, you will Sanders Paul Skeens was great, although yeah. they each just went three innings. Yeah. Um, and overall, because of Mother Nature. You know, and so overall, I agree. I mean, it feels like both of those teams will go to Omaha. South Carolina's can play; they can play, and they oh, can yeah. hit. They can pitch. They, do it they, all. they, and they have a cool, 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 cool atmosphere yeah. as well. The Cox, the Cox are hard to beat. Yes, they are. They are extremely, extremely tough to beat. And so I agree with that, Charlie. Now, speaking of a team that's tough to beat. My next loser is Texas Tech. Um, people are like, huh, why why Texas Tech? You look at what they did over the past weekend, and they got a series win, Will. Well, they did, but they were playing North Dakota State in Lubbock, and they dropped a game. How I think dropping a game, when you're a team in the top 25, vying to be in the top 16, like vying to be one of those big 12 hosts. And maybe you still will be. I don't know though. you drop a game to North Dakota state and I'm just, I respect North Dakota state. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I think, I think Dakota state was represented in our small school. It was, you took them last ago. year. So, so I'm not, I knew as well as many. So, but you're dropping your Texas tech and drop it a game at home to North Dakota state on a weekend. You know, you step out of big 12 play and you do that. I think you, you need a clean sweep. Like, there's no other reason they're coming down from North Dakota to win a game. Like, I don't know. So that's my first loser. I get your point with that. Uh, my only thing for for me is like, it, I think this looks worse in a different sports setting. Like, if this was football, actually, probably be more understandable loss of football, given the fact that NDSU is such a powerhouse in the FCS world. But like football or basketball, <laughs> this looks worse because we have to base it off that single game kind of diagnosis but in baseball it's random you know text tech isn't throwing their best guys it's not the best represented squad there so i get what you're saying because it just hurts their rpi for sure and it's just a bad look like your texas tech you're the red raiders you should not be losing that game but it's the it was the friday game too like that's true you know what i'm saying like yeah. they play on a weekend stepping out of big 12 play like they just beat took a series from tcu yeah. And then for some reason, there's an off week in Big 12 action. And for some reason, they have North Dakota State, who isn't bad. I'm not saying they're bad. like, But they lost the game to North Dakota State. And here, let's put, let's put the money where the mouth is. Let's see how good North Dakota State is. Well, they are bad, Charlie. They're how bad eight, are we talking? They're 8-22. and 22. Okay, that's a really bad so I was loss. being I was being nice, you know. Because I picked them. I don't know. I hope I didn't pick them last. Let's not revisit any of my picks. Let's just talk about my loser. <laughs> Texas Tech, a top 25 team who just took a series from TCU, lost a Friday game where they only scored one run to a team that is 8-22. You know, so that that I think that paints a picture. And I agree. You got the series win, but even dropping a game to them, even playing them probably just hurts your RPI. Yeah. And um, even if you sweep. 
So that that's ultimately why I went that direction. And then it, it, to add insult to injury, um, they drop a game to Stanford yesterday. Now Stanford's no slouch, but you felt like you could have at least rebounded a little bit throughout the week if you took a took down a top ten team. But they lost. They got the chance play. today again though for revenge yep. on Stanford. Yeah, they play again today. I think they need to get one of these. I throw. I really. I mean, Texas Tech. You know they they need to. Because I don't know. At least if you're a Tech fan, you're you're from the mindset of like. This team has shown the ability to do some good things, but you know they need to they need to start playing well. I just feel like that that loss hurts in many different ways for North Dakota State. So that's my loser. It's fair. We're gonna go with my next one. This team that's lost a lot lately. Well, it's a team that was in my picks. A team who like I'm not. They're very talented. I don't think they're a bad team whatsoever. But I'm gonna go with UCF, the Golden Knights. Um, you get swept by ECU. Um, I don't think ECU is truly a sweep better. Then UCF, like obviously they outplayed them, so it worked. But like talent wise, I think the gold Mets are closer to ECU than that. Um, but the real issue is this: Will they're one and nine in their last ten games, not including if they played yesterday. Uh, only Sunday was a close game against ECU because it went to extras. And to quote our old coach and head coach of the Quincy University Hawks, who are on fire right now in the baseball world, D two, Matt Shizzle, I would say UCF needs to figure it the fuck out. They're struggling bad. And it's tough when you hit a stretch like this in the midst of the season, right? You yep. know, <laughs> not the time you want to be slouching. Or no. And what hurts even more is how poorly they've performed in conference play because they're one yeah. in five now in conference play. They started last weekend when, and that was the thing, like, we're like, man, they took, they, they played Start off hot. Because they played Troy, who was receiving votes, and then Troy beat them two of three, and we're like, "Damn, Troy's legit." Yeah. But then the next week, they take two from Florida State, who was at the time ranked, and we're like, "Damn!" And then <laughs> they hit this terrible stretch right now. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is tough to to hit it at this time because you when when you're in conference play like in the american athletic conference you know there's teams you need those wins yes i mean you got your south florida you got your houston you got your memphis but you've played south florida and east carolina in six games you now find yourself at a one in five mark in conference action right now now i will say they have had a really tough schedule like they East Carolina, obviously, 12th in the country. They played Miami last week on a midweek, 11th. Um, they were playing Maryland a few weeks ago. There's good votes. losses on this streak, for sure. But there's also some losses that should not have happened whatsoever. Like, they should not be close to one. They should be at minimum 500, in my opinion, in this last 10 games. Yeah, that's fair. 17 and 15, 1 and 5. A team, and they're, you're right. They, they do have talent. They, they definitely have that. I think they have one of the best hitters in the country, Ben McCabe. Yep. Um, he, he's amazing in every stretch of the imagination. 12 bombs, 25 RBI, hitting 383. Everything he could do for you times two. But you're right, Charlie. I appreciate that. Loser. And now I am going to give you another loser. Hit me and, with it. And that is going to be, well, Kentucky. You had them as a winner for Georgia. I have Kentucky as a loser. And I'll keep it short and sweet because we already talked about that series in pretty good detail. Uh, but the, to lose that series, I feel like 
it's a loser because you could have continued to check boxes, you know, win an yeah. SEC series, win a win on the road against an above 500 team. And I felt like they lost out on trying to check, but he continued to check boxes. Um, and ultimate, I mean, you're going to drop series in SEC action, but I just felt like Georgia felt like the opportunity to continue to do that because Kentucky ha- had done some good things in SEC action. Like, you can't ignore a number one RPI. I get that. They've had some good wins, but they have a bear of a schedule also, you know, moving forward. Like let's be honest of who they've played so far, Alabama in SEC action, Missouri in SEC action, Mississippi state in SEC action, and then Georgia. Oh, who are they going to play? Well, they're going to play LSU next, then A&M, then Vanderbilt, then South Carolina then Tennessee, then Florida. That's the finish this season. So I felt like this was a big opportunity to continue to make up ground. Now, at the end of the day, no one needs to freak out for a 27-5 and team who's 9-3 and in SEC play. But for the teams that are going to play, you feel like losses could start to pile up. We'll see. Yes, I agree. We'll see how good they are. But, man, that's a loser for me. Yeah, and so my next loser, we're going to keep it in the state – or not state, excuse me, um, the conference of the SEC. I'm going Tennessee. Now, Tennessee has lost back-to-back series. They have been against LSU and Florida, who are just incredibly talent, talented teams. Um, the thing is, things aren't going to get any easier. They face Arkansas this upcoming week, and then they face Vandy in the next two series. And the reason I have this on here as my loser is, while those are good losses and understandable, it's not like you should be infuriated or shocked that they lost to those teams. I think it's kind of the fact that, I mean, our opinion could, my opinion could change them if they win these next two series as well, but it kind of shows that maybe the volunteers just aren't like, they're still a very talented team, but they're probably just not on the top. Maybe they're not on the elite upper tier of the SEC this year, where before in the early in the season, we thought they might. And it's, I'm not um, placing the blame on one guy because the, um, some of the arms have not been as great lately, but Chase Burns in three starts in the SEC, he's 0 3 with an 11.94 ERA. A 329 opponent batting average against with eight homers, 10 doubles, 11, 17 in a third innings. At the end of the day, numbers are numbers, right? Yeah. Like, and I'm we, not placing all the blame on Chase Burns. You got to no. lose, you got two or three to lose a series. So, definitely. Like, it, it's always funny if for anyone that is wants to see how good the SEC is, there's many ways to do that, many numbers yeah. that show you that. But one way is go to a SEC team's website, you know, and then go to their stats and then go to the conference only stats and you'll see, okay, like for this is a prime example. And this isn't a knock on Tennessee. I think this is just an, a showcase of how good the conference the SEC, is. Yeah. So let's look at this. Tennessee, a team, they're hitting 285 on the year. Now, what are they hitting in conference play? 249. You know, in 12 SEC games, they're hitting 249. Like, that shows you how much more difficult SEC action is. You know, on the year, to compared to SEC action, like, it, it, it paints a pretty good story, even for pitching. Let's look at pitching. Overall, on the year, Tennessee has a 299 ERA. Pretty dang good for a staff, right? Yeah. But let's look at conference five, you know, That's three runs worth. And so it's not saying, oh, this team has started to struggle once they've got to SEC play. No, look at their schedule. The SEC is just that good. Now, I think it is probably a cons- a big concern. You know, you want Chase Burns to not have a 12 ERA. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> um, he's made four SEC starts and he has a 12 ERA. And I personally think he is top five of the country in terms of stuff. You he's know? nasty. Like, and, and, and everyone knows that. But at the end of the day, the numbers are the numbers. He has not been good. And that's fair to say based on the numbers. But he can channel it in kind of like what we were talking about off air Charlie earlier this week about how talented the Florida staff is, you know, they're so talented, but some of the numbers right there may not represent that. And that's certainly not showcasing how talented Jace Burns is with the way he's thrown. So I just want to kind of paint that picture of like, you you look at what they've done compared comparatively and it lines up, but then again, it makes sense. Like look at who they've played. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I think your numbers always going to be a little inflated or in the uh, or in deflated, really. I guess when you play in the SEC because the com- SEC because the competition is so much harder, and the fact that usually even when you try to make a hard non-conference schedule, it's not like you're guaranteed to play like absolute wagons week after week. So it's going to look a little bit better than by the time you get conference. But I mean, Chase Burns is definitely better than a 12 ERA. Tennessee's better than what they're playing right now. Better than a team 240 average in conference. Hopefully they can turn around. It's just not going to be easy with the next two series, especially the with Vandy and Arkansas. Two top top five teams. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be difficult. I like that. For me, um, I've got a slew of losers as well. So just teams that I felt like dropped the ball to to, to wrap it up. West Virginia losing to Kansas. You know, I felt like, again, West Virginia could have kept themselves inside the top 25. Then Boston College getting swept. Boston College had been so good um, to, to... against a struggling Louisville team within the landscape of your own conference, you just let a team get momentum. And then I already talked about it, but UC Santa Barbara losing the series to Cal state Fullerton. It's so not Cal state Fullerton has been really good in big West. I just personally want them to win. So that, yeah. um, that goes for it for our winners and our losers. Now we move on to our weekend rotation. Who you got? Well, first of all, we're going to go with, Oh boy, Colton Becker of Morehead State. I believe he's the one baseball's player of the week. I all he did this weekend, Willis, he went 10 for 16 with a double, two triples, four homers, 15 RBIs, and a 955 Woba on the weekend. That's pretty good. Pretty darn good right there. But we know, and we you know who would love that was our old Woba King, Robert Fry. Robert Fry, hey, Robert Fry would enjoy that. Now I'm gonna see what if you're gonna enjoy this. My yeah, next man. winner is a kid from Lipscomb. His name is Austin Kelly. He's a redshirt sophomore. He went to Northwest Florida State College. And what did he do? He's originally a kid from Mississippi. And what did he do this weekend? Well, in a series at North Alabama, he absolutely raked. He had eight runs driven in. Damn. He had five hits throughout the series. And yeah. He launched a couple long balls, and now it made me want to look at what he's done this year. And while this year he's been pretty good, 12 long balls on the season, and a guy I want to start following who's sitting above 300 for Lipscomb. And overall, he he had a he had a pretty good performance over the weekend. So I'm gonna tally that up as there you go for the A Sun Conference. You gotta love it. Yeah, shout out to A Sun. A Sun, more fun. Austin Kelly, shout out to him. We've had, I've had one of his teammates a time or two on our list as well, I believe. But to continue with it, my Saturday guy, we're going to stay in Omaha, Will, actually. We're going to go to Omaha, I should say. But not for the tournament, but for the Creighton Blue Jays. And that's Dominic Cancellari. Eight innings pitched, one hit, no runs of any kind, one walk in 12 Ks. And on the year, 
He has a 1-8 ERA with 34 strikeouts and an opponent batting average of 217 and 25 innings pitched. Um, that's dominance if there ever is any. Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. Now, how about this for being dominant? There's a guy of the name, and what is his name, Charlie? His name is you. I heard you come up with the nickname. I don't know if you came up with it, but I saw you tweet it, and his name is Jake Jelloff. But with the way he was squaring up baseballs at such an unbelievable rate last year, you proceeded to call him Rake Jelloff. Rake Jelloff, right? And that's what he's continued to do. He was raking over the weekend. And I think it was almost, it was wholesome, really, to be able to see not only an individual standout weekend for Jake Jelloff, but also when he was able to launch a couple of long balls, ultimately having three over the weekend, uh, tying the all-time home run record, leaving the Cavaliers to their first sweep over Miami since 2012. You got to love it. So, A, Virginia, let's check a big box. They take out the brooms. And then, B, well, my second guy in my rotation, it's Jake Jelloff, baby. He knocked the ball around the yard he's getting milestones and accolades putting himself in the virginia record books not to mention he's only really been hitting bombs for a couple years yeah now, you know we're talking about career numbers where he's ranked pretty highly and well he's just a junior from img academy you probably thought he was gonna rake and that's what he has done so far throughout his career in particular this year and specifically over this weekend against Miami. He he was fantastic. He drove runs in, in every game, two in game one, three in game two, four in game three. If you do the math and then ultimately carry the one, Charlie, that's going to total nine RBI for the series. Not to mention, yeah, a couple of long balls as well for Jake Jelloff in total three for the series, including two in the series finale to pick up that first sweep against Miami since 2012. So, Jake Jelloff, you are great. Congratulations to Virginia, him, and also just everybody else that loves supporting him because he was a beast this weekend as he has been throughout his career. Yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, congrats to Jake and or as we should say, Rake, really. But I mean, that's definitely a weekend you're gonna remember for the, a long time when that many big time milestones happen. He hit three homers in a series, like you said, tie the record for home runs. I mean, he's dude's been cooking for a couple of years now over there at Virginia. I mean, dude's a stud. And this whole that whole team's actually full of studs. So props to them, props to everybody over there in Charlottesville. Um, we're going to a team now, Will, on my Sunday guy, who is on a team that's underrated. We kind of talked about it a little bit last year. One of the best big teams in the Big Ten. They beat the team you picked, I think. Or, yeah, I believe you picked Iowa. So, I, we're going to go with Indiana, and that's Luke Sinnard. He went six innings pitched, three hits, no runs of any kind, no walks in 12Ks. So, he averaged two Ks an inning. In those, and so, I mean, that's pure domination at its best, especially when you have in-conference rival series, rivalry series like that against Iowa has been very good this year. It's a really good series to pick up. And on the year, he's got a 3.68 ERA with a 107 whip, 61 Ks in 44 innings pitched, and an opponent batting average of two. 32. So, I mean, great season and a great weekend for Luke. That is. That's a big-time weekend. How about this guy who was really big-time for the Seminoles of Florida State, Charlie? Yes, sir. This is a guy of the name of Jackson, a guy that has the last name of 
Baumeister and a guy who just threw the ball effectively. Now he had a career high. He 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 had a career high, fourteen strikeouts. We're talking about Florida State's Jackson Baumeister in his eighth start of the season, and he was just dominant to start the game. He struck out the side to begin the game, and and, and he was going dotting and spotting. He had a strikeout in each of the seven innings that he pitched. I mean, you're going to have to if you get 14 on a game, but he had a career high with seven innings, a career high with 110 pitches, a career high with 14 punchies, and uh, he was doing a pretty good job. And looking at Perfect Game Collegiate Baseball's Twitter, I also found out that not only was he really effective going seven chutty on the mound and dotting and spotting, I also found out that, well, he was throwing 95 to 97 miles per hour throughout the duration of his outing. So he was throwing hard. He was doing a lot of good things. He has a sub four ERA on the season. And so I'm 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 pretty high on this guy. He's got some really good stuff. We're talking about some Florida State guys over the past couple of years who can just strike out the world. You know, we talked about Hubbard and Messick last year. Yeah. a little bit of Dunn, who's now doing things at ASU, and then now it's Baumeister who's just dealing, or he really did this past weekend, one of the best starts he's ever had. Yeah, no, I'm happy that he did, because, I mean, this is kind of like what we expected when he got to campus. Like, Obviously, I'm not expecting somebody to strike up 14 you know, guys a game, but you know, being the workhorse that can go seven innings and throw give your team a chance to win every every uh, weekend is what we thought Jackson Baumeister and Carson Montgomery can do. I'm glad at least one of them's doing it so far, especially when They've bomb us to have a rocky season so far. I'm happy to see him put it all together. Yeah. Seven shutout, 14K. Sign me up. Sign me up. Twist my arm. Yep. That's that's right. So we've got our weekend rotation. And now, well, before we move on, let's take a brief step back. We had series picks last week. And if you see an odd number in our series picks, well, we well, let's reconcile, Charlie. We don't have you don't have to go through it all. I'm not trying to yeah. put you on the spot in any other way. Oh, I just want to make it clear for the fans that want to follow Charlie versus Will. I think people are thrilled about that matchup. They should know that the it's a uh, it's not counting against either of our records, of course. No, I put it for as the tie. South Carolina and you know, else you just don't count. It doesn't go as a win yeah. or a loss. So right. our records on the year is you're 22, 12 and one, and I'm 24, 10 and one. So that's what we got. Okay. So you counted as a tie. You counted as yeah. a tie. Let's be Might clear. As well. Okay. So we each have that one denotation. So ultimately you have 24 wins. I have 22 wins. So we're neck and neck now yes, sir. through now. We're about to talk about what this is going to be our eighth week of picks coming up here. Yes. Eighth week Let's of picks. See. That's right. Cause we didn't do week one. Man, oh, man. So here we go. We're previewing some of the best matchups from week nine. Do you want to just go back and forth? I'm assuming we've got the highlighted series, right? Yes. Yes. Those are the highlighted ones. Yeah. The highlighted series here on this beautiful Google document. We will be picking. And that's what I assume. That's what I've prepared for. Yeah. But um, I'm going to need some good preparation because, again, you're kind of on a heater. You're, what, 9-0-1 in your last 10 picks. So pat yourself on the back. But, again, you know, don't get too comfortable because, again, you're only two games ahead of me. And speaking of that, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you go. I've in the last three weeks, I've only missed one. Yeah. And this is we'll, – we'll just – yeah, I hope so too for your sake, but I also hope I 
get a couple of losses yeah. sprinkled for you in there. So Fair. there are some good series. Just I know this is toward the end of the show, so I always like mentioning this. There is the the Thursday SEC game this week. I know last week it was all the SEC games in yeah. lieu of Easter, but there's always a Thursday SEC game, and I'm glad it's this one. It's Kentucky at LSU, 6 o'clock on Thursday. Number 12, Kentucky at number 1, LSU. So if you want to see some SEC action on Thursday, it will be that game, and then also Mizzou and Texas A&M is also there. So there's two Thursday games. One's on SEC Network, one's on ESPNU, and then Miami, North Carolina is also on ACC Network Thursday. There's three Thursday teams, games where ranked teams are playing. I just want to get that yeah. out there before we get uh, knee-deep into our picks. All right, so should I start rattling them off? You should. All right, the first one we have is definitely the best ACC matchup of the weekend. We got Wake Forest versus Louisville. I'm going Wake Forest, even though Louisville comes off that big win against Boston College. I just think, I think we both agree here that Wake Forest is one of the best teams in the country. They've shown it the whole year. They have the best staff in the country. I'm not going to bet against Wake Forest. Yeah, it's hard to. Now, at Louisville, I think, is something that's interesting. Yeah. In this, you know, when you talk about Louisville, and then you talk about the location, then you talk about the bats, you know, there's no Louisville Sluggers in this series, though. We're talking all BB core. And that's why I think that Brock Wilkin is going to put a lot of balls out of the park. Um, I think... Wake Forest has so much firepower. We've talked about it from the onset. They have the best corner infield in the country, the best starting rotation in the country, the best bullpen in the country. And I personally think they're a team that might be last standing in the country. You know, I can't not pick them. I'm going Wake Forest. Absolutely. I, it's, it's hard not to, you know. It's just it's, it's no shade to Louisville. It's, I'm excited to watch that series. It's been an absolute banger all the way through. A lot of talent both ways. Like Jack Payton should be a lot of fun to watch behind the dish for Louisville as well. Absolutely. I mean, this is a really good series. Number two versus number 10. This is a Big top time. 10 matchup. I would not be surprised if Louisville somehow finds a way to take it um, because they're that good. They really yeah. are. But I just think Wake Forest probably is going to get the job done because they have more effective starting pitching. Um, but that's no, that's no, I mean, you know, Ryan Hawks is a guy, you know. Yeah. He is. He's a guy. You he know, is. Carson Leggett is a guy. So he's seven Absolutely. and zero with a point nine whip. So you know, he's pretty. He's a, he's got a one four ERA. You know, um, Leggett is pretty good. So that there's going to be some battles. Don't get us wrong. There'll probably be some low scoring affairs with the two pitching staffs there with Louisville and Wake Forest. But yeah, we both go Wake Forest. Number two team in the nation versus number ten. Pretty fun. Number two, Matt, number uh, second matchup, I should say it that way, so there's no confusion. Number, second matchup we have is we got a really good Pac-12 matchup in my, and two teams that are really fun to watch. Uh, we got Washington versus number 25, Arizona State. Wow, we've been singing Arizona State's praises all day. I think Washington's been really under the radar this year. Will Simpson's been one of the, quietly one of the best hitters in the country this year, so I'm going to roll with the Huskies. I'm taking Washington in this one. Oh, wow. I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to ride Willie Bloomquist. I'm going to ride Arizona State to get the job done here in this series. Washington's been good, but Arizona State has been the hot hand. I think that will continue this weekend. We've already talked a lot about Arizona State during this podcast here today. I mean, you've mentioned it really well. Ryan Campos hitting above 400 on the year. He's been pretty good. They're 23 and 9, 10 and 2 in conference action. And I think that you're right, Charlie. This is going to be a really good series. I mean, we talked about it just a moment ago. And they're at Washington. Going to play in Seattle's never easy. So 
I ultimately am going to pick Arizona State, but I think this will be a fantastic series to watch over for you guys. I really do. Yeah, it should be a banger. That's it's def- definitely of the series um, where it should be the closest in terms of like whether you are or whoever, which one of us is um, correct and who wins the series. It should be yeah. one of the more competitive ones. And another competitive one we got coming up next, we've got Coastal Carolina, number uh, 15 in the nation, I believe, 15 or 16 in the nation, versus the Old Dominion Monarchs. I'm going to go Coastal, but this one should be a lot of fun. I know Coastal just dropped a game to Campbell, but Campbell is better than them, so it's really not that big of a loss. And they couldn't get another loss here again, but I just I like what Coastal's got going on. I think they're going to continue to keep rolling, and I'm taking them again. Well, I don't think, like, Campbell <laughs> – I just don't want to let that comment to slide so easy. Like they play today. Like this yeah, they is play, the they play game. again. They play again. This is the third game of the season. I think today decides who's better. Now okay. we love Campbell. We probably got more sleep Campbell fans listening. For sure. But you know, and I love them too. I think they're an Omaha team. But yeah. I think Coastal's really good too. You know, um, and we'll find out today. Oh no, Coastal is fantastic for sure. Yeah. And you're going Coastal. And yes, I am. I think that. It's tough. I'm going to go with ODU. I'm going to go with ODU. Okay. Um, I, th- I think that overall, Coastal's good, but with a team ERA approaching seven. Coastal's me. is? It, it, it oh, could... I didn't know that. Because here's the thing. I was, the, th- the reason I'm saying that is, and I might backtrack here, it's because the one thing I was going to worry about with Coastal is if you get in a shootout with a team like ODU, my my belief in your team beating ODU plummets quite a bit, so I don't. Ooh, that's tough. Well, I'm going to go ODU. Yeah, and part of the reason is with Co- Coastal's team ERA approaching seven. Now, Coastal's yeah. one of the best teams, you know, out there. Right? They're twenty and ten. They're nine and three in conference action. Yeah. They're nationally ranked. They have a great head coach. They've won a national title in recent history. ODU is really good. 23 um, and 8. Yeah, ODU is a dang good team. This is going to be a fantastic series. I think it will be interesting, though, if Campbell beats them twice on the midweek and then they lose, you know, to ODU. That That's that's going to be interesting. Don't that get us wrong there. But ODU is getting to host this Sunbelt series, too, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, they do. That's also- going. That's another reason why I'm picking ODU as well. Although this is going to be a really, really fun belt series. It will be. Yeah, and I'm going to stick with Coastal just because I feel like every time I go against my gut, I end up regretting it later. I'd rather die on the sword. I, uh, I'd rather – I'm just going to roll with it. I'm just going to roll with it. All right. And then the next one, though, is probably the banger of the weekend, Will. South Carolina versus Vanderbilt. SEC matchup. South Carolina is looking to kick some more ass, show how good they are against one of the best pitching teams in the nation, top to bottom staffs in the country with Vanderbilt. Their bats are finally starting to wake up. I'm taking South Carolina. That's no shade at Vanderbilt. I just really believe in this Gamecocks team. I think there's a really strong argument for them being a top two SEC team, if not the number one team in the SEC. Yeah, this is going to be – I mean, we just get spoiled. If you love college baseball, like what other sport? We've got multiple top ten matchups again this week. You know, number two, Wake Forest, and number 10, Louisville. And then we've got a top six matchup for the second consecutive week. Last week it was number six, South Carolina – against number one LSU this week number six South Carolina travels to now number four 
Vanderbilt. I mean, this is going to be an incredible series. Ooh-wee. I mean, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's tough, Charlie, how good this Vanderbilt team's been over at home, though. You look at that. They're 16-3 and at home. They're 11-1 and in conference play. Like they have not, they, they get the brooms out versus Ole Miss, get the brooms out versus Mississippi state, get the brooms out versus Georgia. They do the job against Missouri. And I think they're going to do the job against South Carolina. Take two of three. I do think that's going to be the case. It's going to be a really good series. South Carolina certainly has the power much more offensive power than Vanderbilt and I think the pitching is is very very close I think Vanderbilt's pitchers have been more consistent yeah. at time and I think Vanderbilt probably their bullpen a better bullpen they certainly have guys who can come out of that bullpen and throw at a high level Will Sanders Carter Holton sign me up but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting it really is Carter Holton's been really good in SEC play you know Nick yes. Mel Nado's thrown seven and a third in SEC play. He hasn't allowed a run. So there's some really good arms. I mean, even in SEC action, Vanderbilt is a 3-2-8 ERA as a team in SEC play, and their opponents are above 10. So they've been winning SEC games, not just, you know, scooting by. They've been dominating their opposition. I don't think they're going to dominate South Carolina, but I do think they're going to be able to get two of three, and that's why I'm going with the Commodores, Charlie. I like that. It's fair. It's a very reasonable pick. The only the thing that should be dominant this weekend is this should be dominating people's TV screens. Yes, it, it'll dominate my eyeballs. That's Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely, that is for now, sure. Our last series <laughs> we're taking for this week, and I'll give you some honorable mentions too because this is a great slate of games we have going on this weekend. But the last one is will a team that we were talking about a lot last year, but have not said much about this year. And that's Dallas Baptist versus FAU with FAU having a potential golden spikes winner, Nolan Chanula at first base. I'm taking Dallas Baptist. They've won six in a row. They're on fire right now with a series win over Louisiana tech. Then they beat Sam Houston in a midweek, absolute barn burner, 19 to three. And then they uh, swept UAB this week, albeit the first two games were by one run, but they got Baylor tonight. So maybe this extends to seven. And then I think they can get another series win over FAU. I will say the caveat of that is though, it is at FAU, which makes it a little harder, but I do think the fact that, Everybody in Boca Raton's a geriatrics. Everyone's in bed by six o'clock. Hopefully that means that the home field advantage isn't too great for FAU for my sake and DBU's sake. Yeah. Boca's going to be nice. That'll be yeah. fun, 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 fun time. You, you mentioned it. Uh, Chanel, he's been one of the best players in the country this oh, yeah. year. To no going, surprise. No surprise. That's right. You, you were all over that. Um, but you know, FAU's got an interesting little week coming up. I mean, today yeah. they play number 15, Florida Gulf Coast, which should be there's history on the line now. At yeah, we we'll talk about that. Well, at the time of this recording, it, it, it's not as timely to talk about this because True, you guys listening, to, I'll still talk about it, but I'll just preface it with this quickly. You guys listening right now are you gonna know? either if this happened or didn't happen, but what's potentially on the line this evening for the 15th ranked team of the country in Florida Gulf coast is, well, it's a national record on the line for F G C U senior outfielder, Brian Ellis can break a 101 game national record for consecutive games, safely reaching base 
tonight, tonight, you know, in a couple minutes. Actually, the game's just about to start now. At the time we're recording, you'll be listening tomorrow or anytime after tomorrow. So you'll know the result of this game. You'll know what happened. But pretty damn impressive for Brian Ellis to be able to have reaching base going for the 101st time in a row. So he might etch himself into the college baseball record books. That's a long tangent way of saying that's who's FAU's playing tonight in Florida Gulf Coast. <laughs> and Florida Gulf Coast has history on the line. But then FAU, as we track back to our series pick, hosts Dallas Baptist this weekend, and I'm going to pick FAU. I think they've got one of the best players in the country. Dallas Baptist is a great program, but FAU, I think, can uh, get the job done. They're 21-12, and 7-5 and five in conference play, and I think they need this big CUSA win, so I'm going with them. It's fair. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the whole on-base thing, though, because I didn't really hear anything about it online, so I'm glad that Luce, even though we'll know the result tomorrow, hopefully incentivizes people to go out there and look for it and give him his props, you know? Oh, yeah. And then, Will, is this the first time that we've – this feels like last year where we differed so much more in our picks. I think we only agreed on Wake Forest. So this should be – this is a big implications for our our standings and our picks. Yeah, this is a huge weekend. Um, Overall, we both go Wake. We're both cheering for the Demon Deacons. Um, I go Washington. You go Arizona State. Yes. You go Coastal. I go ODU. I go go Vanderbilt. You go South Carolina, yeah. and then you go ODU. I go FAU. No, DBU, DBU, DBU. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. So yeah. that that's what we got. We've yeah. got a differing picks on four or five. We agree on the Demon Deacons, and now to finish off the honorable mentions, I will say Gonzaga and LMU is going to be a great one. Yep. LMU has a two game lead in the WCC. They've been a great surprise. And then Charlie, I know you have a bunch of other honorable mention yeah. series as well. UConn, UConn Xavier is going to be a lot of fun. Another top 25 ranked matchup in Kentucky and LSU. And you've got Oklahoma State with versus West Virginia. You've got Grand Canyon versus Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian's quietly been a very good team this year. And then two teams that have been quite – Troy's not so been quietly good. But Louisiana, the Raging Cajun team who I had last year, have been very, very good this year. I believe they're like 23-9 and nine or something like that. That could be not totally right, but something around that area. And we've also got another top 25 matchup in the SEC with um, Tennessee – versus Arkansas. So there's a lot of really great baseball this weekend. If you have some time, go watch some. There's so many good teams this year. And this is one of the – we think we, we talked about on the interview with James Vaughn we're going to have right after this. our picks are done. Uh, if we talked about on camera or not, but we we're talking about how the fact that this is one of the more deeply talented seasons of college baseball we've had in a while. There's just talent all over the board. So no matter what the game you're going to try, you're going to see guys probably going to get drafted. It's an objective fact, too. Even with the draft being smaller, I think that contributes to college baseball being more stacked because yeah. the draft is smaller, less guys are going out, teams are being more stacked, guys who had that COVID year, so they stay for another year. The draft gets smaller, so that keeps guys as well, and, and it's just objectively a fact, and the transfer portal, it's just more stacked everywhere. So I love it, we love it, and we love you guys very, very much for supporting us every single day and um, every single night, too. So that is a fun part about it. Subscribe to the Midweek Podcast. Please give us a follow. And again, we mentioned it at the top of the show. And if you have hung with us all throughout, we sincerely appreciate that. But once again, enjoy this interview with James Vaughn coming up. But also, if you want more guests in the future, please let us know. And we're willing to get anybody on this show to chop it up about 60 feet and 6 inches. So we love it. And we will see you guys next week. James um, joining us for this show today. and. 
we're going to get after it talking about something that's really close to his heart, Charlie. And um, I think it was close to everybody, most college baseball's viewers eyeballs this weekend as well. And that was the top 10 matchup of LSU and South Carolina uh, that we ultimately got robbed of a little bit and of that, of that rubber match, Charlie. But with all that being said, it's a midweek podcast. We're glad you're with us. We're going to be talking with James during this segment all about his favorite team, LSU, because they've really dominated the national storyline of college baseball, Charlie, for the last year plus, ever since they Absolutely. lit the world on fire with the transfer portal. But Jay Johnson's team's been performing consistently, winning series. But there's a lot to talk about with this team, you know, not just this past weekend, but they have some injuries going on. We can look ahead at their schedule and just tie everything together about the Tigers. So I'm looking forward to this conversation with a guy who follows the program as close as anyone, Charlie. Absolutely. We're happy to have James on. You know, some might say he's an LSU fan. He might tell you that too. And we're going to ready to talk about the Tigers. Absolutely, James. Really? Tell uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you, your roller coaster of emotions for LSU this year because you guys have kind of a uh, – you start hot, you're number one, and you stayed at number one, of course, but every weekend you try to flirt with dropping a series, you know? Uh, you lose a game and then you come back and win two pretty handedly. This weekend you have to come back to salvage, which ultimately is going to be a split because the third game is – canceled tell us a little bit about your emotions following this team this year and how it's been as a fan well like you know you start out you know obviously you have the offseason that LSU had you bring in the number one freshman class and then um, all the transfers that came in um, and then the season starts and you open up and you know cruise through your non-conference you come to Round Rock and you breeze through that one apart from the uh the occasional Brody Breck sighting, but um, you cruise through Round Rock, you cruise through your non-conference, um, you go to Texas and you beat Texas on the road in an amazing midweek. Oh, did you mean to do that on purpose? Cruise through it? Do it. <laughs> you know, um, maybe, maybe. All right, sorry, um, you can keep going. No, you're good. <laughs> I didn't think about that. No, I mean, then, then you, you know, you go to Austin and uh, you go win a midweek at the dish, and you know I was there at that one, and that one was you know packed, and um, then you open up your SEC gauntlet with A and M, and you know he let the Sunday one slip away from you, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking I'm like, well, you know, the LSU A and M and everything kind of play each other really close, so maybe that's just a rivalry thing. I don't know. And then you get to the um, the Arkansas weekend, and you know you come out that first game and. Skeens throws a gym as he's done all year long. And then you get to the 10th inning after, you know, the game tying homer in the bottom of the ninth, you get to the 10th and Arkansas puts up eight. And you're sitting there. You're like, wow. Uh, okay. Well, you gotta, gotta, gotta come back and win two, I guess. And that's what they did. I mean, they came out, they rumbled them in game one of the doubleheader, which was game two. And then game three was one run away from another run roll of Arkansas. And you're feeling good, feeling good. Tennessee comes around. Uh, you handle Tennessee pretty easily. Again, let the Sunday one slip away from you. And then South Carolina happens. That's where we are right now. So, I mean, yeah. it's been more ups than downs, but the downs are very, very uh, abundant. They're very noticeable. I will say that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think, about, just to speak on the LSU-South Carolina series, um, I I don't think the only thing I think LSU fans should panic about really is the injuries that came from that. You know how you deal with that. 
But like even from a performance standpoint, I mean like I think it just says more about how good South Carolina is versus like how much I guess LSU like air heavy air quotes is struggling per se. Because I mean, even like on the first game when they did beat you guys, I mean Ethan Petrie goes for eight RBIs as a freshman. And Will Sanders pitches a really good ball game. And also on top of that, like, I mean, obviously schemes did get touched up, but I do think a little bit, and I'm a big South Carolina guy this year. I've been talking, I've been singing their praises all year, but I do think the thing that might've helped them a little bit too, simply the fact there's those rain delays and the weather was so bad. Like even Paul Skeen stays in that game a little bit longer, regardless of those two home runs. So you get, you can escape that way and you get a little more going for you. That's the point I was going to make. It's like, you look at the, the, uh, the the big picture and it's like oh Skeens gave up two homers and his three innings of work he also had eight strikeouts yeah <laughs> so it's like it's like it's two swings like those were his first two homers he's given up all year uh, I want to say it's like his fifth or sixth run he's given up all year probably honestly. Um, and it's like you know it really wasn't that big of a I mean when he leaves that when the rain delay comes in and in, in the fourth and you're down but it's three one three nothing. That's a manageable lead with or manageable deficit with the lineup you have. Um, then the rain delay happens, and you're just kind of like, well, you know. Then the wheels fell off. I think it was 14 free passes. I think it was 10 walks and four hit by four hit batters. And that one after after the, we came back from the delay, and it's like, well, um, that can't happen from your no. bullpen. No, it can't. So it's you know. No, I agree. Um. Yeah, that's I yeah, it's a part of the thing that's crazy. Everyone's like, oh my god, Paul Skeen's imploded. And like like you said, he had eight Ks and he honestly played pretty well overall. I mean, eight Ks, two hits, and those are just the home runs. And so the three the runs come from that, only two two of which were earned. So it's not like he did that badly. Um I yeah, I was saying I'll, I'll let Will talk. I just think it says more of the fact that maybe coming into the season, everyone's like, Oh, it's it's this is not this LSU team, I don't think it's like how Tennessee was last year where they seemed truly invincible. And so I think South Carolina kind of proved that showing how much closer the gap is between the two teams. And we're not even talking about Vanderbilt. You could argue is the number one SEC team as well. I think those are the top three though, or four because Florida too. You well, you make a good point, and I have a couple of questions outside of that. You you brought up Petrie, and um, other than Dylan Cruz right now, I know, and I know he's a freshman. You could say that he might be the second. Um, in terms of national player of the year favorites right now is I don't think that's that far off when you look at his numbers and what he has done um, for the Gamecocks this year. I think that it said a lot about the Gamecocks, sure, but it also said a lot about LSU coming back and salvaging. I mean, we can't forget that that's you're going up against what was South Carolina sixth on yep. the road coming back uh, to take a game at a very tough place to play at, at a t- versus a tough team to beat um so i understand you know lsu is going to continue to maintain that number one spot and i think that's fair um because of the fact that there was a split i do think though that when you talk about the top dogs in the sec florida vanderbilt and then lsu in south carolina i think that is the clear four best teams am i am i maybe uh, not con- considering Arkansas, sure, but I mean, there's so many good teams. I do think, though, when you look at LSU's future schedule, they have a very good shot to even jump ahead of a team that like Vanderbilt that has, you know, a three and a half game lead. So I ask you, James, about 
what how you feel that LSU can, do you think they can string together some SEC weekend wins now that they have gone through at least a tougher portion of the SEC schedule maintaining that number one ranking and headed into um the the regional with a lot of confidence because I know Charlie brought up the Tennessee team from a season ago. And I agree. It doesn't have the pitching staff, but you could argue this team almost hits at a higher level at times than that Tennessee team as last year, but I know Charlie, you brought up that it might not be as complete of a team and certainly agree, but James floor is yours to respond to any of those comments from me and Chucky. Yeah. I mean, I want to, you know, start it with like, I I still think LSU is the best team in in the country. Um, I just think the gap got a little bit closer and people were like, oh, like, like you said, they don't seem, you know, like we can't touch them type yeah. thing. Um, I still think they're the best team in the country though. Um, I liked, you know, I don't want to take anything away from South Carolina, but like, I mean, I'm as a baseball fan, I, I'm really sad we didn't get that third game because oh, that yeah. would have been electric. But as an LSU fan, I'm, I was excited to get out of the weekend. Um, you know, <laughs> that it, I'm, I'm being honest, man. I, I was excited to get out of the weekend. I, I like the one win. Let's – oh, we can't play because of rain. Let's go home. Let's, let's get back home. Um, it was – I mean, you know, I the team is – I think you nailed the four top teams in the conference. Um, and then the schedule, like you said, I mean, LSU, that, that's the toughest part. That's it. It's done. Yeah. Um, you got Kentucky next week. I think they got Vanderbilt. No, not Vanderbilt. They have – um I can tell you. I got you. Yeah, they got both Mississippi schools. They yep. got Kentucky, Bama, and then they, yeah, Bama, yeah, uh, and then they have Auburn too, Auburn. and then Georgia's on there. So it's really, I mean, very winnable series for a team like LSU. You could win out. I think if you can sack up some wins toward the back half, I don't. That's get you some momentum before. Cause yeah. I think, yeah, get you some momentum before you head into regionals. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, mean, I still feel good about. It. I think they could finish with, you know, I think I think twenty wins is still in the equation in the SEC yeah. anyway. I think a twenty and ten is still is still touchable. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, the toughest part's over. Um, now you just got to go out there and keep winning games, man. I mean, that's what they're doing. And they're the number one team in the nation. We've talked about that. You think they're the best. That's a general consensus, a team that will likely host. Let's talk about that because you, you talk about a, a, going to be a host, going to be a top national seed, and going to have that environment to win in the postseason uh, you know that you probably have the national player of the year and you have Tommy White um, and Dylan Cruz and then also maybe the best pitcher in Paul Skeens or or at least the guy who has some of the best stuff of the country like we were talking about even before the show. Um, is a concern of you, though, to win in the Super Regional sometimes in those three-game settings? Um, the Sunday starter is kind of been a question mark for, for this team. Um, one of the lone question marks for this team this season, but all the injuries that have been sustained to your arms. I know Jay Johnson has a lot of tricks up his sleeve and something he thinks about all the time, but you know, sustaining some of those injuries, you wonder how LSU can respond to that. How do you feel about one, what a Sunday starter would look like in the postseason? I know that they were flirting with the young boy Christian over the past weekend, and also how they can respond to some crucial arms being injured on this team. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the pitching is getting real thin real quick. Um, you know, obviously Grant Taylor, you know, Tommy John before the season starts, um, one of your most promising freshmen in Chase Shores, he's out right now. Garrett Edwards is out right now. Um, 
you know, you're having to go to a two-way player and what is a save situation in the SEC game on the road. So it's like, you know, the pitching's getting real thin real quick. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I thought about this when I was, I was leaving class, getting ready to come home to come get on here. And I'm like, I, I don't think there's a lineup you'd rather have for one game. Um, you know, if you need, you need a game three, I don't think there's a lineup in the country you'd rather have maybe, maybe a couple. Um, so I think, I think the pitching, I, they got to get it figured out. They've got to get people healthy. Um, you know, Thatcher Hurd needs to find his groove again. Christian Little's got to find his groove again. Uh, Cooper's got to find a groove. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of question marks on the mound, but I think if it came down to like a re- super regional setting, you needed to win. I don't, I don't think I'd feel not confident with, with the lineup that Jay Johnson could put out there, whichever one he decides to go with. That's a great point. Cause I mean, I do agree. Like when you have Paul Skeens up there, you literally only need like one run to put up and you're probably going to win the game. But uh, to speak on kind of like little and Thatcher heard, uh, much like Atlas holding up the world, though, I do feel if somehow Paul Skeens does get touched up, right, and you go to that game three, um, obviously the offense, I agree, can like that offense can win you any game, any day of the week. But at the same time, um, Leslie, I think we can all agree that uh, Little and Hurt are for sure probably the Sunday guys throughout the rest of the year, whether who actually cements in that role, who's to say you can flip a coin and probably figure it out. But I mean, I think it's got to become real X factors on this team that could really be a paradigm shift for what happens in LSU. Cause I have no worry about them obviously getting to the postseason, hosting a super regional or anything like that. But like to actually go to Omaha and win it when, you know, you could be playing a team like a, a Wake Forest who has the best pitching staff and has, you could argue equal, yeah. equal firepower, maybe not as talented, the name brand category, but something like that. Or a Florida who we were talking about before the show where their arms are really talented, but they're not, you know, consistent. But if you catch Florida, like I, I was saying to you guys, you catch Florida on a good weekend where their arms are cooking, man. I mean, that offense with those arms, you're not winning. You're, yeah. You're not winning. You might as well go home. So, <laughs> It, I, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, I'm not too worried about LSU as a whole, but it's the, there's a little uh, there's a little more cracks in the armor, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely some cracks in the armor. Um, the lineup can only get you so far, though. I think as as well, yeah. you got to look at that. Like, obviously, the lineup the lineup can bust off for a 16 run, 20 hit performance, like they had against Sam Houston and Round Rock, where they yeah. could bust out a, a a five run, six hit performance, like they did against South Carolina. So it's like. Um, the offense is it, it's it's there it's there for sure it's just whatever arm you face and then you know you've got to stop the other team from scoring too so I, I mean and just it the roller coaster you talked about Thatcher Hurd we can sit down him for a second the roller coaster oh, yeah. of Thatcher Hurd man like He's something he starts out the season just I think his first start was Southern and um, he just gets gets lit up as a kid Southern I was like I was texting in our and I was texting you guys, and I was like, ship him back, man. I don't want him no more. <laughs> and then, you know, he found his groove. He, he goes and pitches. He pitches the midweek against Texas uh, at the dish and goes, I think it was, I want to say at least six scoreless. Obviously, Texas ended up scoreless, but six scoreless um, against that lineup. You know, I think Porter Brown had three strikeouts. Um, Eric Kennedy had a couple strikeouts. Like, he was cruising against Texas. And then SEC play hits, and it's like, I don't know if it's, the injuries lingering again, or if he's just not confident. What he, I don't know, but the roller coaster has definitely been um, not one I want to ride again. Yeah, no, you're. I'm looking at his numbers right now. I mean, it is a roller coaster. Like you said, Southern first first game of the year for him, two innings pitched, four and in runs. He's out of the game. 
Texas kind of, and I was watching that game where you texted me, you're stressing the whole time. I was like, Hey man, I'm a big Thatcher Hurd guy. So I was singing the praise. Like, yeah, yeah, just trust him. You know, four and two thirds, only three hits, no runs. Then he goes six innings against Butler. He goes five against Sanford, which obviously isn't great in competition, but you know, you pitch well, you pitch well, in my opinion. Then he gets touched up by A&M and then Arkansas. And then he doesn't even get out of the first in Tennessee. And then Nichols is a relief appearance. So like I, the, the nice thing is with these kind of guys, it's not like, oh, he sucks because he's untalented. It's the fact he needs to figure something out no. within it. So if he does click, then this worry becomes irrelevant. We know he's really good. We yeah. saw it last year uh, as a freshman in the Pac-12. Like, we saw it. We know he's good. That's the Absolutely. frustrating part. The frustrating part isn't, you know, Jay keeps throwing him out there because he can't – he's not good. Yeah. That we know he's good. You know, he's really good. Same thing with Christian Little, too. I mean, we know they're really good. They're just – it's just not clicking. I don't know if it's a new environment thing or if it's uh, a lot of pressure thing. Cause I mean, it's, it's a little bit different when you step out there and you see the big billboard, right. Yeah. Or you see the big scoreboard of the diamond deck, or you hear the 13 K behind you that are going nuts for nine innings. It's a little bit different. I don't know if yeah. it's, I don't know what it could be, honestly. I don't either, but it's, I, I as just a Thatcher Heard fan, I just want to figure it out. Like, take LSU out of the I equation. Do too. I, I, he's, I, fun I he's fun he to was, watch, man. He was he was the transfer I was most excited about. Yes, when he, I, when same. Tommy White so, too, but it was like Thatcher Heard. Like I was excited for the the sleeper aspect of Thatcher Heard more than like everyone knew who Tommy White was already. I wasn't like we all. You know, you're we gonna get Tommy White at the end of the day. Yeah. No, that's yeah. <laughs> no surprise that he's doing so well. And he's doing yeah. He's been unbelievable. Him and Cruz, that's the best. He's one only got punch. ten homers. Yeah, he's not, he's yeah, it's technically a down year for him right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's got what fifty RBIs? No, he's it's got the, the lineup, fifty-one RBIs. The, lineup, oh God, so the lineup is crazy, man. I mean, it's it like is. you get through, you get through, um, you know, Morgan and and Dugas and and uh, and Jared Jones, and you got to face Dylan Cruz and Tommy White, and you've got to face Beloso on a good day. You've got to yeah. face. Paxton Kling, who's a freshman, you've got to face uh, Joe Bear, you've got to face all these different guys, Brady Neal, uh, Pearson, all of them. You got like it's the one through the one through like seven on a given day is 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 not getting touched by anyone in terms of I think sheer like talent. Like you look at that one through seven and it's like wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like their on base percentage numbers are great. Like the lowest one is Joe Bear of of the main guys, and he's still at a three ninety two on base percentage. So I mean. Because we were making the point too before we recorded the fact it's like they're not hitting as many home runs as we thought they might be. They're still, I mean, fifty nine still a pretty solid number in my opinion. Something you know, it's not their best. Obviously, you could you'd expect more of this kind of firepower. But then I made the point too is like the fact that they get on base so much. I mean, you put a ball in play, somebody's probably on second or third anyway, so they'll get they'll get it home. And then the, the then the then the the unsung heroes are stepping up. Like Dugas wasn't yep. wasn't a guy on anyone's radar this year. He's hitting what was it, over three forty with the yep, big homer. He had the, he had the big homer against Texas that eventually won the game. Uh, he had the homer. He had the grand slam against South Carolina. Um, he had the homers against Tennessee. It's like he he's stepping. Jordan Thompson, yep. the big three run double against Tennessee in that eighth inning. Uh, he had the he had two homers this past weekend. I'm pretty sure in the two games, he um, he drove in all of LSU's runs that Friday night. By the way, Jeez. Jordan Thompson did. It's like it's everyone, everyone on the on the offensive side of yeah. the ball is is clicking. It's much more balanced this year, I think. Is yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that overall, I mean, this team doesn't have a weakness. That's why they're 
ranked first, like you, the, we've kind of tried to pick at, you know, Sunday starter, but we're picking at, you know, two of the highest recruits we've talked about in a while in, in this game. Uh, their RPI is fourth. They're 26 and five. And, and overall, sometimes you look at teams that hit and they can't field. You know, that's not LSU. They're fielding percentage. Oh, they're first in the country, right? Yeah, 980, top- 984. Yeah. Eighth in the country in field per- fielding is, yeah. percentage. They're 12th in the country in strikeout-to-walk ratio. And then some of these offensive numbers, I'll give them to you. They're first in the country, tied for first in the country in scoring oh, at 10.4 runs a game. And then home runs per game, they're still top 10. They're ninth in the country. And then batting average, they're fifth in the country. On base, they're third in the country. Slugging, they're fourth in the country. Overall, though, when we go back and look at that South Carolina game, I think it is cool, though, that that series and especially that first game had so much hype. Will Sanders versus Paul Skeens. Like, I think in the offseason, we didn't feel like that was going to be like an electric primetime matchup. You know, obviously, um, the weather is inclement for the series, washing away that last game, but even dealt with factors throughout the series. But I think it showed that, like, yeah, LSU's mercy ruled a lot of teams this year. But they were able to come back and battle back and score runs late uh, to pick up what ultimately was an eight to seven victory uh, to salvage what ultimately ended up being a split. But even in that 13 to five loss, like, yeah, Will Sanders threw the ball well. You would assume that that Noah Hall would have thrown that Sunday game against Christian Little. Um, but yeah, overall, like, it's 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 cool to see um how good south carolina has been yeah um, but to be able to not have to just mercy roll teams like i think that shows that it's a resilient bunch that's not going to go down without a fight we just gave you all the numbers when the, you're the number one scoring team in the country like it, it, it's hard to beat you yeah i mean it's you know the teams i i i feel like if lsu does what the uh what the expectation was from just about everyone in the, in the off season. Um, I, I want to go back and look at that Arkansas weekend. It's like, you know, you get hammered in that 10th inning. You did all that work, keep them scoreless, keep them, keep them at one run. And then you're scoreless all the way through. You get, you get the homer, the, uh, the ninth off of Hagen Smith. And then you come out in the 10th and just kind of crap the bed. It's like, wow. And then they came out the next day, the first game run rolled them. It's like that team, a team doesn't like losing. I don't think they've lost yeah. back-to-back games, which obviously probably not. That's um, I, that that series says a lot about what they are. The South Carolina one too. I South Carolina's really really that that For series sure. that series scared me. That lineup and that ballpark, it was a smaller ballpark, and that lineup in that ballpark. Good lord, man, yeah. that's that's yeah. Uh, and they lead the country in home runs per game, 2.38. South Carolina. They can... lead the country in home runs altogether, too, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. And, and they got they got Big Gavin, who I know you know a little bit about, 15 bombs, you know, Casas. So, I mean, you look at, look at how the tide has turned there for, you know, fans of SEC baseball. What a story there um, with what he's done. They're back. I mean, they're back, man. <laughs> they are, dude. That that was that was such a fun that that Saturday game was was a was a real good one because it felt because like it, it was seven to three for a good majority of that game. You felt like yeah, the South Carolina was up by like twelve. Like the game didn't feel close enough, and then LSU tied it, and you're kind of just like, well, like what happened? <laughs> like what what just yeah. happened? And then they took the lead, and then you bring in the freshman second baseman to come close out the game. It's like. 
I don't know. That game that game was that game was wild to salvage the split. I don't know it though. Um it was. And moving forward, like it, it I don't know if South Carolina like you know, you look at them twenty eight and four, nine and two in SEC action, like this will really tell us how good they are when they make a trip to Nashville, Tennessee, you know, yeah. coming up this weekend. I mean, because, yeah, they lead the nation in home runs. They're, you know, got a 3-1 ERA as a team, which is fourth in the country. <laughs> coming up against Vanderbilt, Florida. I mean, those are their next two weekends. Like, I'm interested to see. I think that they kind of rose to the occasion saying, hey, don't forget about us because, they you hit know. in the mouth. Yeah, and then, of course, like, you know, I think that it's Dylan Cruz's award to lose. Um, but shoot, well, Petrie wants to make a run at him. I'm telling you, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. he's got SEC freshman locked up right oh, now. Yeah. Without a doubt, he could get hurt tomorrow and not play the rest of the year. He I think national been... freshman of the year is still almost locked. That too. too. Yeah. 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 Well, I yeah. mean, if you win the SEC freshman of the year, yeah, you're national freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. And it's like at the end of the day, like. You're, I think Charlie made a great point. Like the Thanks. dude, the dude is making hitting above 500 still, Dylan Cruz. Like, you know, it's kind of, it, it's kind of if at the point. If they split that award again in the SEC like they did last year with Sonny DeShare. Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I hope not. I don't I hope not either. I think it's, I think it's Cruz's to lose. I, I think it's much more clear though this year. Like, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, at least thus far, but there's obviously, you know, a, a lot of big series. Yeah. A lot of week, a lot of time to play. Um, but I just think that South Carolina, because I don't know, me and Charlie were talking about it. Like, yeah, they haven't lost yet. They haven't lost. They have one loss and they're like, you know, and then they, they sweep Georgia. They sweep Missouri. They take two or three Mississippi state. We knew that this LSU test was really going to tell us something. And that's why I just can't wait for Vanderbilt and Florida, their next six games in SEC action, because they really could do some things. I think they they don't have a weakness. You could honestly argue that, like, at the end of the day, they outplayed LSU over the week. I know it was two two games, but I think overall you you really have to look at that. I think if that had gone to Sunday, assuming Noah Hall's throwing, I think obviously I'd pick South Carolina too, and that's in that whole series. But like, I think South Carolina comes away with a win that day. That's that's what I was telling Will before you got on, and I was like, you know, as a baseball fan, I'm really sad we didn't get that game. But as an LSU fan, yeah, let's yeah. let's go, let's let's, let's leave. <laughs> let's exactly. Leave. It's just I the SEC is so deep this year, man. Around. The SEC the SEC is so deep. Like I mean. They have like four or five legit national championship contenders that like were all those teams, like their fan bases and people a lot of people would be shocked if they didn't win at all. And rightfully yeah. so. And well, like, it's not not even like not even like delusional SEC fandom like craziness, just like Florida, South Carolina at this point too, LSU, Fandy especially as well. I and mean, it's just there's a lot, dude. It's crazy. Even well, Arkansas. We even talked about Arkansas as like a real threat. They're top five, they're number five in the nation. Well, and what do you guys think yeah. about um like Obviously, coming into last weekend, Kentucky was the number one team in RPI, and they just lost the series in Georgia at Georgia. So, um, like what, like ten, Kentucky felt like they had a legitimate claim to fame too. They did for a little bit, and this is an unfair thing to them, but it's kind of like how Mark Titus, who does the college basketball, 
since like you close your eyes and you picture you can win a national championship or even SEC championship for that point. I click if I think about it, like I don't see Kentucky as a team like that. Like they're great and they got to a great start and they had some really good wins to show that they're a good ball program, but they're not as talented as these other teams are. They just well, don't have the, the pure firepower. Well, they, no. they they could get one on an SEC losing streak because obviously they play in Baton Rouge next weekend. So yeah. or this coming weekend. So that that's gonna be interesting, I think, to see those those are two series to really, you know, channel in on. Um, Kentucky, LSU, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Those will be fun to see um, how those teams will ultimately respond. But Chucky, I know that when we, when we have the keys to the streets in terms of the number one team in the nation and one of their biggest fans uh, joining us on the podcast right now and James Vaughn, what other questions do you have for the young man? I think he's an open book. We've kind of figured that out at this point. Uh, I just got to get an actual clock because I've not been to any of these college stadiums. This is less to do with the baseball team itself, but like how sick is the atmosphere down there at the box? And then also like, how's the concessions looking at, at down that ballpark as well? The box is crazy. Like that's like, <laughs> I I went to, I went to uh, uh, the tournament in Houston last year, the, the preseason one and LSU yeah. was playing Texas there. And um, it, it felt like, the box was in Houston. Like they, they just they they care about baseball more than a lot of these fan bases care about baseball. And when you get the box yeah. packed, it's it's you can't hear. You, you literally can't hear anything. It's like a football game. <laughs> it's it's crazy down there. Um, sessions are all right. I I, I actually prefer A and M's. Um, I can believe that sessions. Um, because they have they have a walk ons in their concession stands, which is oh, that's nice. Crazy. I don't know if you know what walk ons is, but it's like a I've heard sports of sports bar. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought you meant like when you don't get a scally. I hey, it's Will and I right there. No, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I think the box is the box is something unseen. You walk in and you see they've got the big uh the big plaza with all the uh championship teams on plaques all the way around you got to walk through that to get into the stadium and it's like okay. that the box is the box is cool this when did your fandom begin for lsu baseball because you're from texas right yeah so i was uh i was about five years old and um i um was watching football it's like the first football game i ever remember watching and it was the LSU Ohio State national championship in 2007. Um, Jamarcus Russell and man. that Christmas, that Christmas or that birthday because it was in January. I asked my mom for a jersey and she got it and she got my name on the back of it and it just kind of started. I've been I've been an LSU fan for I guess now 16 years, going on 16 years. I'm trying to get in, hopefully in the fall. That's that's the goal. So that'd be badass. I was got because I remember when you first because I've known you're an LSU fan, but it always throws me off that somebody from Texas is now a diehard like one of the Texas colleges. You know, so you're you're rare in that case. I enjoy going A and M games. I w- I would say I would say the box is only rivaled in terms of atmosphere by like Bluebell. Like Bluebell is probably the second or third really? best atmosphere in 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 the SEC. It's A and M does it different down there. Well, I always want yeah, I always want to go down to Mississippi. I want to go to Mississippi State though and barbecue. I do now, too. So that always seems that seems badass. I do too. I do too. In my younger yeah, no, days, I mean, beer showers it almost be fun too. Beer but showers. Oh, box, too? Is num- oh, box is number one though. I would agree with that. Box would be like my first stop. It has to be. Yeah, it's been about sixteen years. It's got how long? It's going on. 
perspective. Yeah. I mean, so you have been an LSU fan for a while. And I just wonder, like, going into seasons, like, because they obviously are one of the most historic programs of all time. There's, there's that's not even an argument. Um, but let's look at, you know, they went to what? I think Super Regional in 2019, you know, and then you had the COVID yeah. year. And then they were regional the last couple of years. I think, you know, they were runners up maybe in 2017 or before it was 17. That, 17. So like, and they've been to the college world series, you know, in, in years before that and national champions, of course, in what, 2009. So nine was the last one. Yeah. Is this the year now that like, and obviously like you go back to 1991 to 2000, they were the best, probably best stretch of college baseball of all time. When you look at that, however, now that you've had the pulse of this fan base and, and, and you see games, you go to games, you're diehard. Was this season the most hype you've ever heard around this program coming into this year? Um, I would say so. I think as far as national, I think as far as national hype, a hundred percent, um, within the fan base, it's kind of just like, I don't know. My, my thought of it was like, I mean, like you said, you listed off all the accomplishments and accolades that the program has had. It's like, that's, like we should be getting the number one classes. We should yeah. be getting all these transfers. Like, yeah. Well, the reason I asked that is because I felt like the transfer portal, you know, fuel to the fire, yeah. Jay Johnson, fuel to the fire. The fact that you haven't got to the college world series now in the last four times, the postseason has been played more fuel to the fire. Like the hunger I felt like would be there. Because, you know, the number one freshman class, the number one recruiting class, Jay Johnson, and it's, you know, you're going on, if you count the COVID year, a half decade of not getting to Omaha where this team is so accustomed to being. I just felt like, who we're hungry for it, you know? Oh, like, trust me. Trust me. If if, if LSU pulls it off and, and you know, because I'll be in Omaha for the, for the championship series, if LSU pulls it off, I, I will cry real tears. Like, I will, like, I will have, like, red cheeks, like, stains like i will be crying real tears if lsu pulls it off and i like that and charlie i'm sorry to keep cutting in no you're all Um, good i was just saying like that hunger feels like it's there of course the fandom is there for the great fanatic james vaughn joining the midweek podcast here right now but i think that like when we make that parallel comparison to tennessee the hunger was there for tennessee but it was almost there like oh shoot these guys are good you know rather than like like they're there yeah yeah, like they just kind of like last year put them on the map overwhelmingly more so than it had been in the past because Vitello had been moving that program in that direction. Now it's like, oh, you give them Jay. Oh, you give them Tommy. Oh, Dylan's going to be there. Oh, let's get Paul from Air Force. You want some more guys? We'll get anyone throwing 99. Sign me up. It just felt like like the hunger there is even more like the desperation for a title um, or at least to get to Omaha feels like it's written all over this LSU program. I know you think they can do it. Um, who do you think their biggest challenge to get to the title will be or to win a championship will be SEC or not? Oh, we anyone with an elite lefty out of the bullpen. No, um, ah, oof, Wake, 
Sean Sullivan, so lefty. Wake. So wake. Um, they got Keener. Like Wake, and then I think Not the only that. offense that could keep up be Florida on a on a on a consistent basis. I feel like Florida's. I feel like Florida gives you. I, I think Florida would 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 mash them around. <laughs> All, all like series, yeah. and then I think Wake would they just wouldn't score. I feel like I mean, obviously I could I could be wrong. Um, That'd be such a fun but, series. Oh, either one would be a blast, dude. Florida, Florida versus LSU. Nobody's ERA is safe. Yeah. No. No. Nobody's ERA. Yeah, everyone's I, scoring. I know. I would love to see Campbell and LSU in a super regional. That'd be the highest. You can't scoring. do that to me, man. You can't do that. that that's <laughs> like my my two children. You can't do that. Or like I would love oh, to man. see the matchups like that because Campbell and LSU, yeah. that those are the two highest scoring teams in the country. Each average over ten and they're runs like a the game. Most polar opposite programs. Yeah, and then you look at like, like, yeah. No, you're exactly right. I know exactly what you're saying. It's like <laughs> it's David versus Goliath, like literally David versus Goliath. Right, yeah. but Campbell can ball, as we know. Of course, and, of course, of and course. I think they could get to Omaha this year. No, after I. I I like picked I, them last year. Yeah, and I think they're better. They're, they're better this year. It seems like my only, um, my only, my only upset in my in my bracket was Campbell getting out of Knoxville. And they they weren't too far fight. off. Yeah, they no, put up a beat, fight. Beat Georgia Tech. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's like the uh, talk about the hunger and things. It's like you go back and look. Like you said, they haven't been to Omaha in five years now, and it's. The last time they were there, and you get to the champ. No one felt like LSU should have been in that championship anyway, because I mean, they scraped in. Uh, that was they, with Bregman, right? That was with old Alex. No, 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 no. That that was Greg Dykeman and Josh Smith and. Oh yeah, uh, they didn't Zach get Hess. there. Yeah, yeah, Hess with the big eyeballs. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. so, <laughs> so they got to Omaha and they lost their first one, and then. You know, the Crimson through the losers bracket. And then you had to be 56 and four Oregon State twice in two days. Yeah, and they did. Crazy. And then they get to Florida in the championship. And it was just like, well, we're here. <laughs> it's like, I wasn't expecting to win that one because Florida, you know, they had Fiedo and Singer and oh, all man, those yeah. guys. It's like, I didn't think we were going to win that one. I felt like we shouldn't have even been there. And then now you haven't even made it back. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. The hunger is definitely there. I feel like if LSU makes it this year, it's going to be. A little different view. It feels like we we're here. We should win this. Like we should be there. Yeah, um, we're him. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're those guys. Yeah. It's true. Uh, James, you take my all last, stuff off the board. Uh, my last question for you, man, is who's your uh, favorite play? Who's your favorite LSU baseball player of all time? Of all time, I'm gonna stick to uh, who I've who I've watched with my own eyes. Um, I respect that take, by the way. Because I used to be, I used to be a little pretentious, dude. It was like Ty Cobb was my favorite baseball player, as if I'd ever seen yeah, him play like, baseball. Hey. I, I like, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to. Who would be my favorite? There's a lot to choose from, too. Plenty. Um, okay. So my first time going to Alex Box, I got a program at the game, and the the player that was on the program was Jacoby Jones. Oh, that's a good one. Jacoby Jones is probably my favorite um, mm. for that reason, the sentimental part of it. As far as, like, my favorite just, like, dude on the field, because Jacoby Jones was good, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't yeah. some of these other guys. I think my favorite one to watch play baseball, like, he's 
I, I don't know how you wouldn't say Dylan Cruz. <laughs> it's true. Dylan Cruz is badass. Or like Trey Morgan Trey, is up there. Trey Morgan's probably Bra- my favorite. Would I, Trey Morgan's my favorite be- player to watch. Yeah. Bra- old- Bregman was dude, I something about something about that year in twenty seventeen, man. I just I can't do it with Bregman anymore. Just I don't know what happened in twenty seventeen as far as Alex Bregman and everything, but I just I can't 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 anymore. I always liked I'm blanking um Zach Watson. I always like Zach Watson. He was fun. Zach Watson was a stud. Did he was he Dykeman, could fly? Dykeman, Dykeman great. Was, dude. Dykeman was Dykeman was swing yeah. the bat, man. This was before Mikhail Hilliard was always fun. But Ben McDonald, of course, legend. Oh, ben dude, McDonald I got a I got a picture with him. Do you? Oh, that's right. Round Rock. Yeah, I got a selfie. Yeah. Yeah, um, he he was a Golden Spikes guy with as a pitcher. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he um, he's a, he's a good announcer, like, man. He is. I feel like my favorite position player is probably Jacoby John. I feel like my favorite pitcher though. I like Mikhail Hilliard. I always liked Hill- Mikhail Hilliard. Oh my god, dude, his curveball was insane. That like that's a great. No one, pick. no one on the fan base liked him. And I couldn't understand why, because he was. That's weird. He was like, last year. yeah, like he wasn't like he the, was best the best pitcher ever, but he was. Dude, that that he was, was one the nastiest best one on that. I've ever seen. Anyone that walked out of the out of that bullpen gate or out of the bullpen in yeah. Baton Rouge last season, he was the best one. Yeah. Uh speaking he, of bullpen no last year, though, um, he could have up was up and down at times, but I thought he was just fun to watch because he looked electric out there. It was Reiselman. Reiselman or Gervais. Oh, yeah. he's the giraffe, just, yes, sir. The San Francisco Rise Gale, or not Gale, Don. Is it Don? That's what it was. Yeah, Reisman, <laughs> could whip it, man. Reisman was Reisman was gross. He was nasty. Yeah, Aaron Nola too is one of my. Oh, Aaron favorite. Nola's probably my favorite. Oh, actually, I think that Aaron Nola because I'm just I'm a slut for him. I'm a Phillies dude. He's sweet. He went twenty three and two. Too. Yeah, Austin two Nola. years. That's insane. <laughs> twenty three and two in two seasons on the mound. That play. He was. I was a little young for him, but um, yeah. He I was think 20. if we're going pitching like that, how do you not look at like Jared Poche? True. Or Alex Lang. True. Yeah. That's more like Alex Lang is a like good one. What I remember. Hey, Zach yeah. Hess is a good one though, because he had the best like um stare down he would just have the ball stare. he threw gas he'd stare right into the batter's soul with like the biggest eyes and then he would just throw a hundred like he and was one one of those guys like who is this you know don't and forget 100%. don't forget probably the most famous college baseball meme character of all time todd peterson baby todd peterson coach i had dingers <laughs> 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 I was watching that game and here he comes up to the plate or whatever and I'm watching on TV and I'm like who the hell? I'm like I asked my like friends I was like who is this? <laughs> sure enough it's t- I didn't even know who he was. And you was like, crazy I watched every game I I didn't know who he was. And Jim, you know, he, he, I, I know he's with the Nationals organization only because yeah. you know, I was talking to you about smacking seeds before this, and I saw a TikTok uh-huh. of him getting some seeds from. Yep. I was like, "Holy shit, yep. that's Todd Peterson! What's he?" Up that's to Todd days, Peterson, <laughs> dude. I, I had no idea who he was, and then he, he just hit the biggest Ropes hit of the year. And you have you seen <laughs> that it, that post game interview too? Not yeah. like the one, not not on the field, but like with like no, the, no, the one, yeah, yeah. Like coach, I gotta tell you, they didn't let me hit in high school. <laughs> He said, they didn't let you hit in the games? <laughs> Paul Maneri said it's so sad. He said, thank you for lying to me. 
Oh my god! Yeah, I did. Oh no. Okay, all right. Forget all that talk. The best LSU player ever is the Rally Possum. Since we're going that way, <laughs> and Kramer Robertson. Yeah, and <laughs> hey, St. Louis guys. Cardinal. Yeah. The, if if that possum doesn't run onto the field, he never gets drafted. I refuse to believe it. Kramer is one of those guys where he's such like a. He's like uh, how Aaron Kraft is for college basketball, or Perry Ellis. Like, how is this dude still in college? Like, I swear he's been at he's been the, he was like Ellis starting shortstop for ten years. He was really. I got. I met him too. Really? At a, at a women's at a women's game because his mom is. Oh, because Kim Mulkey. Yeah. yeah, shout out to LSU for winning the women's national championship. Wow. I almost. I I did cry real tears. I was very excited. Those. Man. Yeah. They they torched them. That was that was crazy. When whenever they come on the PA and said that they won during the Tennessee game, yeah, or sweet. whatever game it was, and no, he, it was uh, it was he, Tennessee. You're right. Yeah, it was Tennessee, and they just start chanting. The entire that stadium was, does. I was that like, was sweet. Wow. That's wow. chills right there. They're dogs. Yeah, yeah. WNBA draft yesterday. So yeah, right. I watched some of it. Wait That's to good. See where stuff. Our girls went. Had to. Then I, then I turned it off. Then I turned it off. <laughs> I love this. I love women's basketball, but I I don't really like watching. Like I don't even like watching the NBA draft. Oh, I live for it. I live the, the draft. Draft days are some of my favorite sports days of the year. Like I used to um, when I when I was younger, I remember I freshman year of high, of high school. I mean, I took a notepad and I wrote down every single pick of the uh, NFL draft that year. That's why I know Landry, wow. Landry Jones went fourth round that year to the Steelers at Oklahoma. That's all. That's how I remember that one. Well, yeah, Charlie is really good with the draft. Like, we'll be in the menu playing, um, like, getting ready to play a game at 2K. And he's like, do you know where all the guys on this roster went to college? And I was like, no. And he's like, no, all right. Yeah. And, and I was like, all right, let's see if I can do it. And he'd just be going down, like, the Pelicans roster, this guy. You know, Oklahoma, this guy, Lipscomb, this guy, Tennessee Tech, this guy, San Diego State. I'm like, what the heck? So he's a dog with it with a couple of different sports. Let's not get it. Let's not get it twisted there. He's he's kind of K-9 built different like Skeens with the K-9. It's about 17 for Charlie on the drafts. You know, Paul Skeens of knowing where guys went to college. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) It's really good stuff. But that uh, I think wraps up our conversation here today um, on the midweek podcast. So James, appreciate your time joining us. Thank you, James. um, Best of luck. Yeah. To LSU moving forward. So we we hope you guys uh, stay tuned for more midweek podcasts in the future. Um, But that, that does it for, uh, for this week. So thank you very much. What kind of work do you do?